Assalamu alaikum. I'm Khalil Alika. And I'm Zahir Parker. And welcome to AccidentalMuslims.com. So AccidentalMuslims.com is a, a movement, a platform where we showcase present and future leaders to help us live with purpose. And we believe that everybody has a story to tell. This podcast hopes to add value. So welcome and enjoy. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to AccidentalMuslims.com. We are here with Molana Bakr. I'm really excited to conduct this interview because you are part of an amazing initiative which is the Kurutuba Online Academy. Please tell us more about what this is all about. Wa alaikum salam. Assalamu alaikum to the viewers. Jazakallah khairan for having us here. Uh, indeed, Kurutuba Online Academy um, is uh, a project of the Adam G Group um, within their s- scope of projects. And uh, it's a new, exciting initiative, which is an online initiative. Our vision is we are an online Islamic school offering international curriculum together with Islamic studies in Arabic. We aim uh, to aspire to be leaders at all levels in terms of Islamic education internationally and uh, within an Islamic framework, uh, employing the best up-to-date technology and resources to provide an affordable, uh, Islamically spirited professional and efficient service to scalp future leaders. Now, the interesting thing about the Kortuba Online Academy is it's a fully-fledged online school. Now, someone might think, how can a school be online? Elaborate on that. Yes, it's something different. It's something, uh, it's a change to the brick-and-mortar system that we have. And if we have to conceptualize that uh, a learner goes to school um, for eight hours a day uh, and that's become a normal system, then in a in a in a advanced digital world where we have the fourth industrial revolution at our doorstep, uh, then it's totally normal in today's circumstances then to have an online institute where learners can tune in from wherever they are without having the difficulty of traveling, um, of uh, engaging in, in 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 distant journeys and perhaps relearning or or having to base their learning. Uh, on others uh, within the environment. So this is a unique opportunity where a learner is now in his own space uh, from the comfort of his home, able to access education at his fingertips, uh, which is something that would excite learners uh, being in this uh, audio-visual age, in this digital age, because it gives them some relativity to what's real in life and their learning situation. You know what really excites me about the Kurtuba Online Academy is it's really changing the way education has been done since the first industrial revolution. And I think the education or the education sector has been so slow to adapt. And if you actually look at the concept of a school, it never really existed before the first industrial revolution. And, you know, initially kids would work in the factories. And when unions sort of came about, they prohibited kids from working in factories. And so, you know, parents had an issue because they would have to go to factory to work and then who would look after the kids? And so this, the factory workers actually came up with this idea of, okay, well, let's build schools and we'll mimic them on factory. So if you look at a school, you wear a school uniform. Why do you wear a school uniform? Because at a factory, you wear a uniform. You've got two breaks at school. Why do you get two breaks at school? Because the factory got two breaks. You know, so you, you were in fact, you were in classrooms. It was very much, you know, a, a uniform approach to learning so that once you would graduate from school, you then go straight into a factory. That was sort of the idea of what a school system has been. And of course, as you mentioned, the fourth and last revolution, the world has changed so much. 
but the school system hasn't changed. And I think one of the biggest issues that I have with the school system is how inefficient is it? As you said, you've got to travel, you've got to spend eight or nine hours at school. And what you guys have actually done is made the education system much more efficient. In fact, you've actually said that the, the recommended time per day a learner needs to spend is only three hours. So perhaps elaborate more on how you've made it more efficient and how because you've made it more efficient, students can now actually pursue other activities parallel to their schooling education. Yes, well, that's a very important point. I think the vision of the school system is it, in its own light. It has its own history. And uh, we're based currently on the Victorian system, which was established many uh, hundred years ago because it fulfilled their uh, needs in terms of what they needed learners to come out of school, right? which is a very biased, one-sided um, form. And, and, and if we look at actual schooling system, right, and if you look at the different types of learners, right, that we have different types of learners with different cohorts, different cognitive levels, and that presents them in a very difficult light uh, that they all must be able to climb a tree. So how will a fish be able to climb a tree? If we have to take that example, right, that if we have all animals and we say that the, the, the first one to the top is the winner, then how would a fish compare to, an, to, a, to a, or an elephant compare to a bird? Uh, it's, it's, it's quite absurd to actually think that all learners from all backgrounds must have the same amount of time within a classroom, etc. So within this, in this viewpoint, I think we need to understand that uh, learning should be at the pace of the learner. And it's not teaching what's intended, but rather learning is what is the focus of what we need to be doing. And as long as we are facilitating the ongoing process of learning, that's when we are achieving as individuals as well as the collective. Uh, because it means that our learners are learning something and they're gaining more skills to actually move forward. With regards to your question in terms of extra murals or additional uh, talents, and this is, this is important because we have eight hours in the day, whereas we perhaps a learner only needs three hours, three, to, three and a half hours on, to, to go through that content uh, that they cover in eight hours in a day and perhaps more in that period of time. This gives a learner flexibility in their schedule where if they have a certain interest, whether it be sport, whether it be art, whether it be uh, even Hifdul Quran, where they want to go and memorize the Quran, then they have time to do those activities uh, in the mainstream and learn at the same time at their own pace uh, as they as they need to um, at their pace. At the same time, in terms of the, it's not entirely, it won't be an entirely self-paced, uh, as uh, we need to have uh, uh, an eye, keen eye on the benefit of the learners, and hence there would be uh, certain time frames that would, learners would be given within they need to achieve certain goals so that we track their progress and we ensure that there is a progression within the system. So effectively, a learner that's maybe more academically inclined can do the required work in a shorter period and he can then free up the time to pursue other things. Whereas a learner that maybe is not that academically inclined will have the, the required amount of time and can use as much time as he needs in that given time to make sure that he understands the concepts. Exactly. And, and that's, and that's a, essentially what I mentioned earlier is the purpose. Because in a, in, a, in a school system, schooling system, we have a, a, a 
a problem that learners are or and teachers are pushed to cover syllabus so that they can assess the learners so that they can have a, a marks in a report at the end of the semester or at the end of the term and there's a certain in our current system there's a certain amount of uh, assessment tasks that need to be covered per term and and that keeps pressure on the on the learners and on the parents and on the teachers as well uh, and to learn in a pressure situation all the time uh, some may be good at it but most of most people won't be able to gain those uh, the, the, the right objectives from learning because they'd be pressured and uh, you know so under that pressure some people just came in so in terms of allowing people that that affordability of time that you go through the content at your own pace if you need to view lessons or, or, or attend those lessons more than once by all means do it so that so long the learning process continues i think what's also quite exciting about the school is that it's not just focused on the professional studies or numeracy literacy and other subjects but it's also including uh, an islamic component so maybe just elaborate on you know the accreditation of the school for both the professional side and then also how you develop your curriculum on the, on the islamic side okay so in terms of the uh, secular what we term as secular or school subjects we've adopted the cambridge curriculum uh, the reason for the cambridge curriculum is because of the international accreditation that it offers our learners the international scope so it grants them the ability ultimately because we are an online school we target in a an international audience and hence uh, we need to give everyone a fair opportunity uh, at progressing beyond just the secondary school level hence we adopted the cambridge curriculum it gives also the affordability of learners if they are moving around the world right wherever they may be also to uh, gain entrance into other institutions of higher learning so that's in terms of the uh, our school subjects right the way the the actual uh, cambridge curriculum uh, situates and and, and co- focuses itself is that at a secondary school level a lower secondary when we talk of lower secondary uh, we're talking of grades 7 to 9 um, they focus on core subjects and this is quite essential right in terms of core subjects being english mathematics and combined sciences so english we're looking at uh, literacy maths we're looking at numeracy and combined sciences we're looking at your physics a combination of physics chemistry and life sciences so those are your primary subjects that will uh, give you the edge in terms of uh, of foundational principles to move ahead in the IGCSE level in terms of the islamiyat uh, we've looked at uh, you know as the saying goes that when you why reinvent the wheel if you have one right so we're looking at products that are currently uh, available and looking at taking them and making them more appealing and more relevant to the current challenges that we have today to present a holistic islamic curriculum that will shape the holistic child uh, rather than just from one side uh, so we're looking at the holistic viewpoint you've given a lot of thought to learning styles and particularly to applying learning a particular learning style to this academy so maybe just briefly mention some of the learning styles and teaching methodologies and then what you guys have actually implemented with your online academy 
Okay, so you get you get various styles. I mean, if you look at the the current uh, school system, it's the you get the chalk and talk where the uh, teacher goes in the classroom, stands, delivers the lecture, uh, writes some things on the board, and says, right, take it down and do the exercises. So that's your standard approach, right? And then you've got something which is a more learner-centered approach. And we've looked at something that's more learner-centered because it's not the teacher that matters. And I've, I think I've reiterated this point of learning is our focus and learning is what's important. So if we're looking at learning, then a blended learning approach. And we've op opted for the flipped learning approach. So that flipped learning approach gives us an opportunity. Uh, so the flipped learning approach is basically... Uh, where we give access to the material to learners beforehand and they have the ability to go through the content of the uh, lesson beforehand and thereafter within the live session they get a chance to discuss uh, what they've seen so in a, in a, in a normal school setup uh, just for the benefit of um, everyone in a normal school setup it's like instead of giving homework to the child You'd rather give them content that they look at and they pre, it's like a pre preparatory lesson. So they, they, they pre prepping themselves for the lesson at home. And when they come into the, uh, to the classroom now, there's a discussion. There's, there's the homework that has now become classwork and the classwork has become sort of homework. However, this allows, um, and this, the benefit of this is it allows the learner that pace, to pace themselves in the correct way as they require. So when a learner comes in to the classroom, if everyone has done, has gone through the content to the extent that they need to, then they are equipped equally with the opportunity to engage in discussion or classwork at that point in time. So similarly here, we'd have um, uh, uh, pre-recorded lectures, which they would get access, they will have access to, and they can access these recordings and go again the content, as we mentioned, several times if needed, until they reach a point where they are confident with the content and are able to then uh, take on the assessment tasks and present themselves in a live lesson with confidence and a, 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 an increase in intrinsic motivation towards learning. Something very interesting that you've developed is a unique Arabic curriculum where you not only teach students classical Arabic to understand the Quran, but you also teach them the modern standard Arabic. So talk to us a bit about the Arabic curriculum that you offer. Okay, so this Arabic curriculum is actually by uh, one of the senior uh, people, the, the manager at, at, at Kurtuba Online Academy, and he's been involved in Arabic for the past 15 years teaching Arabic. So over that period of time, he's developed through different curriculums that were on the market and he's de uh, developed his own curriculum, which is now repackaged into a, a style for, for high school learners uh, to be able to achieve uh, a classical Arabic as well as a modern standard Arabic. So when we talk of the modern standard Arabic, and the classical Arabic, just to give you uh, some insight into the difference between that, then the classical Arabic is what we know as, we'll term in Arabic as Fusha, your classical standard. So in, in English, if you parallel it with English, then in English it's like your Shakespearean English, right? And then we've got the current lingo and language that is used in terms of the, the modern standard English as well. 
So similarly, the modern standard Arabic would be those that are used within the functional context. Right? So in the functional environment that the learner in, interacts with and in, in stays in, all right, whether it be newspapers, whether they engaging with others, then in that functional aspect, the learner is equipped and empowered to be able to engage in that standard of Arabic as well. So let's say you are already enrolled in a school, or perhaps you're a school leaver. You finish school, but you maybe never had an opportunity to study madrasa, or you want to learn Arabic. Can one access just your Islamic studies component or just your Arabic component and not the rest of the school component? Uh, yes, certainly we've looked at that and we've Islamic studies is something that is the life, uh, you know, the, 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 the true blood within our veins that, that continues to propel us to move forward. That is the component that we have independent as well as an independent offering wherein a person can choose just to do the madrasa subjects uh, such as Quran, Hadith, uh, Fiqh, Islamic history, uh, Arabic. So those are, those are your or primary subjects which the person will be able to uh, that has uh, lack feels they lack in in Islamic education basic Islamic education then they have an opportunity now with Qurtuba Online Academy to apply and learn online at their convenience such that they can empower themselves without having to be feel ashamed because of age or uh, anything of that of that sort so it's about broadening the horizons and that's ultimately what we're trying to do. So based on what you've just said, that means that, it, say, if I give you a, the opposite scenario, where maybe a learner is already enrolled at an Islamic studies program, maybe it's at a head school, would he then just be able to just access the academic component alone without any need to access the okay, so Islamic studies component? Okay, so if we're looking at the Islamic studies component, then we're looking at grade 7 to 9, right? Uh, so if a head learner is maybe beyond the point of uh, having studied uh, those Islamic subjects and just want to pursue school, uh, then that is something that we, we are definitely looking into to provide for those that, are, that have been, been through that Islamic curriculum. However, being an Islamic institute, then Islamic ethos is our primary source of, uh, it's our primary focus Right, together with integrating Islamic concepts within our secular subjects. Right? And hence, uh, if a learner comes in within grade 7 to 9 to the school, then they would be necessary for them to do the Islamic subjects as well as the Cambridge curriculum. The only exception there would be if we have a, a non-Muslim learner that wants to study with Qurtuba Online Academy, then uh, there may be a discretionary decision from the uh, directors to allow that learner to just continue the Cambridge curriculum isolated from the Islamic Islamic studies curriculum. However, in embracing the ethos within the Cambridge curriculum that has been, that, that sports the Islamic viewpoints as well. I just want to ask you about the role of the parents. Obviously, in a standard brick and mortar school, parents would, you know, drop the kid off at the school. The school would sort of babysit the child for the day and the parent would pick them up at the end of the day. And obviously, in between the time, they can either go to work or, you know, manage whatever it is they're doing. So if somebody would opt for online schooling, what role would parents be required to play to ensure that their child stays on track? And how would your academy interact with the parents? Okay, so in terms of parental involvement, I think uh, the role of the parent cannot be emphasized uh, enough 
in terms of the role of the parent within the upbringing of the child. And, and hence, it is primarily the parent's duty to educate the child. So within a, in an online institute, right, where we have various um, a learner would be at home, right, and uh, looking and, and studying over the uh, computer, using the laptop or computer or tablet uh, or, or cellular phone, uh, there would be an, a need for the parent to have a, that same discretionary uh, role and advisory role and, 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 and supportive role in terms of supporting what the learner is actually uh, studying and having that viewpoint. So at, at, at Kutuba Online Academy, uh, we value the parent. And how we value the parent is by creating a certain portal for which the parent will be able to monitor the child's progress. And through that, they can monitor the grading of the learner. They can monitor the progress of the learner. And, and that's something that we, we hold dearly. Uh, nevertheless, to say this is that just a point uh, on this uh, related to your question. I think if we think of uh, learners, learners have become accustomed to being babied or babied at schools where they have everything on the plate, uh, plate right? So there's spoon feeding happening. Um, and we need to create that culture within us where there's a culture of responsibility and accountability. So as a learner, if the learner is not given the opportunity to own the experience of learning, then they will never do it. But if a learner is given that opportunity, then the learner will relish that opportunity, but needs to be guided and mentored in doing it the correct way. And that's essentially what can happen with a online institute like Kutuba Online Academy. Uh, additionally, uh, uh, negative influences can also be removed quite easily because of, of, the, of the program that we have put in place. I want to talk a bit about Mulana Bubakar. And you've obviously done a lot of studying in your life and you're quite passionate about this project and on providing a unique education experience. So tell us more about yourself, your life, what you've done, what drives you to want to make the impact that you're making with this online academy. I, I, I did my uh, schooling, uh, I went to various schools, I did my schooling at secondary level, I completed my matric and uh, then I went to study the, the Aryan course um, at the Jamia al-Ulum al-Islamiyah uh, which is based in, in Johannesburg, Fordsburg, Johannesburg um, and um, whilst I was there I, I commenced my studies uh, through UNISA, um, the University of South Africa Bachelor of Accounting Science, uh, which I then uh, changed to a Bachelor of Education, uh, feeling the calling for education uh, and teaching. And um, after I completed my Bachelor of Education, then I went on to uh, HOD course, a Head of Department course, so leading a phase or area uh, where I um, basically it was HOD training. Uh, through the Matthew Goniwe School for Leadership and Governance. Following year, I, I uh, completed a postgraduate diploma in educational management and leadership. And currently, I'm doing my master's in education in uh, information and communication technology, uh, which uh, has empowered me. Uh, it's an online course through the University of Johannesburg and one that uh, is really uh, unlocking and, and giving 
learnership back. It's, it's promoting the ownership of learning belongs to the learner, uh, not to anyone else. It must be a unique learning experience with authentic learning and authentic assessment. And we hope that through the uh, my learning with the uh, through this master's degree, I can bring in some sort of experience or uh, personal experience to try and shape uh, better uh, our experience with Kutuba Online Academy. Uh, of course, not forgetting our directors and our uh, my, my manager as well, who bring in a lot of experience in the field of education as well. Do you feel that? One of the main components why learners don't succeed is that they're not taking ownership of their learning. I like the statement that you say that learn the onus of learnership belongs to the learner. I think yes, we can say yes and no. I think learners are in that. I mean, we live in a a digital world, and I and I made mention of this previously. And living in a digital digital world where learners are exposed uh, to this audio and visual uh, learning. And you have things like the Khan Academy and those type of platforms that are available. Then learners feel it more appealing to learn by watching a video clip of the of that uh, thing where they can see visuals of the concept rather than reading a text explaining them. At the same time, we need to look at these different cohorts of learners. So we have learners that are more um, will learn more through audio. Some will learn through better through reading. Uh, some will learn better through visual, and we need to cater for those. Yes. So by giving by ownership of the of the learner's experience, we're talking about giving the learner that opportunity to choose what is his what is his opportunity or what is his forte in terms of learning. How does he learn best, and own then that experience because that will excite him. And once a learner is excited about education. And it excites me because then he'll be willing to move ahead and progress and, and achieve the heights in life. Well, no, no, you've really excited me. Actually, I want to go back to school now so I can do the Kurtuba Online Academy because I personally, I hated school. And I feel if I had the Kurtuba Online Academy, it would have solved all of my challenges. So I want to sign up for your academy. What is the cost and how do I go about signing up? Okay, so in terms of the, the cost, we've... We've looked at um, an amount of uh, 1,450 rand per month, which is payable over 10 months. Right? Uh, that's including that's the Cambridge and Islamic Studies. Uh, right? With a, and there's a registration fee that's payable on registration as well. So for total for the year, we're only looking at 15,000 rand. And that's with recorded lectures, with live support, uh, live, live, tra- live sessions, with support... Uh, with assessment and with an internationally recognized Cambridge curriculum, I think it's a good deal. I think it's a fantastic deal. I want to conclude with uh, these two questions. Firstly, what is success to you? And secondly, what advice do you have for youth? I think ultimately, as Muslims that have that imbibe the uh, the the, constitu- the constitution is the Quran. And we are, our life is, ought to be on the way of our beloved Master Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then that is what success is if we can achieve in terms of ultimately passing through this life and moving on to the next. And on the day of judgment, we meet Allah and Allah is pleased with us. So that's ultimate success. Within a, within a context of the world, 
I think the most important thing that we find today is we there's a lot of hatred amongst human beings for each other. And I think if if we look at the history of Islam, then the most the the the, the most pride or the or the most victorious and, and illustrious periods of Islam had a period where everyone wished well for each other. And I think that's something that we need to look at is that how can we lo- look at my brother or my sister and see how I can enhance their experience in this world rather than try and obliterate or try and shun them in terms of what they're doing and have jealousy towards them. So it's about empowering others and that's what grows us as individuals. If we empower others, that grows us ultimately. So it's about having a, 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 a stance of wishing well for each other and, and that's important. I think that goes a long way uh, along with a positive mindset and being an optimist and finding the positive in every situation rather than being negative and condemning whatever we find in front of us. Uh, in terms of the youth, the youth indeed, our futures of, uh, future leaders, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say future leaders, but the leaders of today, as they have to take up the cudgels uh, of the digital world, which perhaps older generations may not be able to, due to, a lack, for the lack of a better word, illiteracy in that field. And it's the youth that need to take up this and own their learning experience and guide themselves to a way that they can enhance their learning and, and, and study hard and try and excel. Indeed, if you look at in mathematics, in science, who are the in, inventors of all of these? They were Muslim people. So Islam has always promoted excellence in all fields. And this is something that we as youth need to look at is that we need to strive for excellence in whatever we're doing. The ultimate thing is for us to become good Muslims in this world and become specialists in our field within an Islamic context as well as a, as a, a, a modern world context in terms of being a specialist. So how we can show the way of Islam and Sahaba radiallahu anhum and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam such that we can inter- attain that eternal salvation. We really appreciate the time and I really enjoyed seeing this whole, um, learning about this initiative, but also seeing the broader Kurtula campus. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant your work to grow from strength to strength. I mean, Jazakallah khairan for having us and uh, we hope you come along again, inshallah. Oh yeah, it's a pleasure. So that's it for today's show. We hope you added value. We hope you enjoyed it. But most of all, we hope our guests inspired you to live with purpose. Don't forget to send us your suggestions via info at accidentalmuslims.com If you know anybody out there that is inspiring, that's leading, that's living with purpose, please uh, do contact us. And remember, feedback is our oxygen. So follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. I hope you enjoyed. God bless. Assalamu alaikum.